Welcome to the 200% Life Podcast, your weekly insights to spiritual growth and business success with Adam Hergenrother and Hallie Warner. All right, so we are going to continue our seven principal truths of life this week. Last week, we talked about number one, which was embrace the middle way. And... Today, we're going to dive into the principle number two, which is know thyself. And remember, number one, embrace the middle way. It's really about life is simple. It's about not living in the extremes. Yep. And that life is usual. The middle way is where we rest between the opposites. Exactly. And the way to do that is to focus on who is always watching objects of consciousness. And when I say that, and we'll move on right on to number two, but when you say that, it just means that emotions which typically swing us out or inward right like that's where that energy flow comes in there it's like all of a sudden you get this big burst of energy to want to go build a business you get a big burst of energy to want to go take three weeks vacation whatever it is right that energy pulls you one direction or another is to witness and experience those things instead of attaching yourself to them it's like if the this is we use that analogy of dropping you know the the ball from one angle and it hits the other ball and it goes up imagine if you are attaching yourself or velcroing yourself to one of those balls so when you pull the ball up it's like a roller coaster is pulling you up and then it drops and it goes real fast and hits and it goes up on the other side the minute you attach yourself to objects of consciousness you get taken with the extremes of life that's what also makes it difficult because then you're always fighting objects of consciousness to get back to the middle way that makes sense it's just yes does it no (laughs) like for me it made it made just kind of help cement that with that well i just feel like you say objects of consciousness consciousness what came to mind for me is that if you're doing that you're always just fighting against life yeah you're yeah exactly yeah. that's yeah. why it's very difficult that's why and then you're fighting against preference and you're fighting against decision yeah this is why this is where all that is born from when people will struggle with making decisions because if you're pulled in one extreme you're trying to get back to the middle or the other extreme you're fighting congruently you're fighting trying to get back in the middle but you're also fighting this extreme because you're dealing with it and so instead of fighting you just stop fighting well it's like literally like the the way you would think about this is not if the wind is blowing really hard you wouldn't pick up a sheet of plywood that's four by eight and try to hold it against it to block the wind you know how much energy it takes to do that you just allow your wind your hair to be blown right you just allow the experience or you go to inside or you go in whatever it is right <laughs> yeah, seriously yeah. you just you just allow it to do its dance i know it sounds so simple like that but what people do is they get so velcroed to this high or this on whatever side to these extremes, even doesn't have to go fully extreme. And nice that we're extreme. I don't want people to think that like, it's like, Oh, I got to go do these big things. It's every day, right? You get, you get, you get pulled off of the seat every moment of every day. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. How come I'm not doing this? How come this person is doing that? How come this person's over here? How come that person has a nicer car, right? It's just, you're being pulled in all these extremes anyways. So just be careful of that. Okay. So principle number two, is know thyself. But I did want to just bring up this little aside because I, during some of this re- the research that we do for these podcasts, I discovered this, that did you know that when they when they say the dates BC, which is typically was before Christ, mm-hmm. has now shifted to, and I don't know when this happened, but shifted to BCE, which means before common era, which I just think is kind of yeah, interesting that very interesting. they've taken like the religious connotation and or like the point of when christ was born is no longer the 
maybe because there's such a debate over whether or not that is real. Real, yeah. So they changed it to BCE before Common Era. I mean, it's still the same, like still the same point in time, but it's interesting that the language has changed. And it's funny because these are just parables or stories that humans have inter, you know, invented over time of trying to tell these stories and pass along. Almost right. number two, which is know thyself, like breadcrumbs. But like, yes. it's it's funny because like, and then it just when we get to a part in society that we just don't like the phrase or it doesn't work for us, then we change the wording sure. that makes more sense for us. It's almost like the um, the one where the Buddha, which was I think two thousand years ago, when he basically said all of life is suffering. Number one, number two, he says the cause of all suffering is desire. Back then, desire meant something different. People hear the word desire now, and they go, I don't have desire. That's lust. I don't have that. Yeah, right. And and that's why you're hearing more modern age people change that to say preference, likes or dislikes. Yeah, it it is really interesting. Actually, that book I mentioned this book before. It's called On Our Best Behavior, and a lot of it was based on like the Christian Bible, like the Ten Commandments and like the the seven deadly sins and all these things. But yet, actually, if you go back into some of the history, it, there was actually eight these eight sins, but they were the language was different and like two of them actually are kind of the same, how we would think of them the same as today. Yeah. It's just, it's just interesting. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to actually read um, an excerpt from the new book, the 200% life that is going to be coming out in October, early October. Um, And um, I can't remember what chapter this is from. I believe it's from chapter one. I actually think it's either one one or two. Yeah. It's in the beginning. Um, Actually, I think the chapter is called, in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Could be, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I'm, let me read this and then we'll get it, We'll get into the conversation. So the pr- seven principal truths of life. Number two is know thyself. As with most things, we can learn a lot from those who have come before us. The call to self-knowledge as evidenced by the use of know thyself by the ancient Greeks and Egyptians permeated their culture and shows just how much they were already in tune with their spiritual and inner world. As early as 2000 BCE, Egyptians adorned their burial sar- Sarcophagy with the phrase know thyself. It might be sarcophagi, but sarcophagy. It was good. Um, The ancient Egyptians believed that when they died, their spiritual body would uh, would continue to exist in an afterlife very similar to their living world. Perhaps know thyself was a reminder that self-knowledge, whether in life or death, is the ultimate purpose. The Greeks also inscribed know thyself on the forecourt of the Temple of Apollo at Delphi, which was completed in 327 BCE. Apollo's temple attracted a great diversity of worshipers because he was the god of virtually everything. Sun and light, music and poetry, healing in in plagues, prophecy and knowledge, order and beauty, archery and agriculture. Did the Greeks also want to keep the idea of self-knowledge front and center for all to see when they came to worship at the temple? I think so. That would be Adam who thinks so, as the author of the book. (laughs) Know thyself appeared in many cultures and traditions throughout history, from Asia to Africa, from Chinese dynasties to the Hindu culture to Islam, the Sufis, ancient Rome, and Eastern and Western Europe. Can know thyself be the ultimate and universal truth? It seems to transcend time, countries, and cultures, and that is a powerful thing. So what's with the history lesson, you ask? When did this ultimate quest for self-knowledge, this 200% life existence, dissolve into self-indexed and external world-only living? It's hard to say. Adam thinks our Western culture has been more affected by it than perhaps other cultures. One can blame the Industrial Revolution, capitalism, consumerism, and a whole host of other things. It's no secret that our culture rewards people for going after what they want for the sole purpose of power and monetary gain. But it may be more simple than that. At some point, we just sort of lost our way and forgot that there was a whole other 100% of life available to us inside. 
Yeah, I love that. You know, it's, it's kind of starting to frame the book, right? Um, with that with that lesson. But know thyself is, I feel it's like, uh, always heard it as described as like breadcrumbs, which is like mm-hmm. if you keep coming back here over and over again, um, which I, you know, it's a thought and a belief, but I believe that we do um, come back here. And it's like, it's almost like we're trying to remind ourselves, almost like you would set a reminder to like turn off your stove with your phone. It's almost like we're doing that with life, right? Which is like, Remember, when you go back there, you're going to forget this. Just know thyself. That's the whole purpose of this. Because when you know thyself, and what it really means is when you put your attention on knowing thyself, or I am that, right? Like I am that I am that I am, or like knowing that you are of who you are to know thyself puts you in the seat of the middle way. It puts you in the seat of consciousness, of, of, of seat of self. It puts you in a state of clarity. It puts you in, in, in right in face-to-face with your own nature. Because um, when, when you know thyself, you know that there was never a beginning and an end. In the in, in the simplest question, you can you can do this by thinking about when you looked in the mirror when you were 10 and you saw whatever you saw was the same you looking in the mirror today. And I do this every almost every morning. I remind myself of that. I'm like, wow, I'm looking at a different perspective right now. I'm looking at a different thing. But it's still you. It's still me. It's still me. And then I look at like there's a human form that I have and that human form changes, but I don't. And like if you if you think about it is like, is you the the one who's aware that your body is changing? Is that male or female? No. Has that ever had a birthday? No. There's no time or beginning or end to any of this. The the soul. Your consciousness. Yeah. Yeah, You are soul, which is consciousness, right? Yeah. The consciousness that is looking through the body at objects of consciousness. So basically objects of consciousness is anything that is not consciousness itself. So it's the things that we see. It's money. It's desks. It's clothes. It's thoughts. It's emotion. All of those things are objects that show up at the basis of consciousness. Remember, those objects do not exist without consciousness. Consciousness can exist without objects, but objects can never exist without consciousness. If people can get that. Like, objects of consciousness have to arise within consciousness itself. But consciousness does not have to exist. Uh, in, it can exist in the absence of objects of consciousness. Just like the sky can exist in the absence of clouds. The clouds cannot exist without the sky. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing here. So knowing thyself is once you know that, then it brings this whole other perspective into your life. This you start seeing the refiner periods of life, and it just it just if we keep working on that of know thyself, and every moment you know that you're watching objects of consciousness. You know you're watching thoughts. You know that you're doing that. You know um, it, it, the famous book I am that right. It's just like you always focus on I. Who is who is the one that notices that you're frustrated who is the one that you notice is that you're depressed who is the one that you notices that you're feeling very excited because those things come and go your entire life they come and go constantly but there's one consciousness there's one self that is always constant and it's always full so the know thyself concept or principle is that i mean the 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 way that it was kind of talked about in history a lot was about this reminder of self-knowledge. So is know thyself about, I know I'm like about knowing yourself, but about this concept of self-knowledge or is know thyself about I am, or is it the same thing? It's the same thing. It's just a different way of saying it. So okay. the know thyself is about who are you? 
That's all it is. It's asking that question of who who am I? Which is, by the way, the number one question that people want to answer when they come down, like they start asking these questions like, who am I? And what you what you answer is it can never be solved with mind. It can never be intellectually answered. It has just like the menu can never quench your hunger. The menu can only orient you to help discover those things until you actually eat it. You're not going to be full. The same thing with words, or just, that's why they're breadcrumbs. They just they lead your path, but the breadcrumb is not the goal. It's just a path along the way. So all of these things that we leave, like know thyself, as inscripted to this, is to remind you of to ask the question of who am I? And so who are you? Right? Again, this is where it comes into is like I am the one who witnesses. I am the one who experiences life. I am the one who watches these thoughts in my head. I am the one who feels these emotions. I am the one who watches objects of consciousness. I'm the one who builds a business. I'm the one who goes through a bankruptcy. I'm the one who go, you know gets married. I'm the one who has children. I you just those are things that you're doing in consciousness, but it's always comes down to those don't get caught in objects of consciousness. You want to get caught in turning into yourself of who you are, which is that's where the never-ending joy comes from. That is the the peace that passes all understanding when your consciousness turns and starts pouring itself on itself. Right now, your consciousness is poured in looking onto objects of consciousness and wanting to Velcro yourself to these objects of consciousness instead of knowing thyself and putting your consciousness on that. That's when it'll bring the ultimate fulfillment, the total well-being, peace that passes all understanding. That's what that's what you'll experience. And it'll just dawn on you one day. It, it's, it's, it's so hard to, ex- you can't explain it with words. You can just help kind of, again, that's why the, the Buddhists always just point to the moon. With the fingers, like it's just, it does dawn on you one day, like where does this energy come from? Like, it's not like you don't intellectually ask it, just like, where is this beautiful energy coming from? Where, where is this coming from? And you realize that it's you. You are the energy. And you, and you the conscious experience this beautiful taste of Shakti, this energy that's there. And it just, and then you're experiencing it. And you want to get, you, you, the people that have gone, way beyond out of this world, right? When they say I'm in this world, but not of it anymore. They've just turned their attention instead of putting on objects of consciousness, they put it on the energy flow inside of that. And they just, you know, what, what was the famous quote? They said, find your energy. So it's like a, they said it was like a spring bubbling up this in a water, dive in, find it, and then get lost in, or get drunk in it. I think that's what they actually said back then. Like get drunk in the actual flow that's there, get lost in the, the energy flow. And that's how you continue to do that instead of getting lost in objects of consciousness, which is where people are lost. And that's why, by the way, the whole thing of waking up, when people say I woke up or I'm waking up is all about waking up from being lost in objects of consciousness. Okay. So the third principle is actually very similar to what we were just talking about, which is you are the watcher. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about like that. That's really the principle, in my opinion, that explains like the the who I am, who I am, I, who are you type question. Yeah. Um, but then my question, of course, is then what's the difference between know thyself, the principle of know thyself, and then the principle of you are the watcher? Well, the know thyself is a pointer and it's, it's helpful. It's a, it's a mode along the way. So it's, it's a breadcrumb. The who am I, right? The watcher is a, is a, is a more deeper technique, which is now I'm watching myself. And I'm watching these objects of consciousness. The same thing that we just explained right there. Okay. So let me ask you a question. So when you, when you think of that though, like of like, like when you ask the, like when you look in the mirror, do you see that? 
that you are the one witnessing this? Yeah. I mean, I have to stop and think about it. It's not like that's just yeah. like a natural. Like when Every you, time I'm looking, I'm like, oh, there's my soul. Yeah. Or, no, I don't yeah. do that. <laughs> but when you, when you, when you kind of experience something, is it that you're, is, does it make sense to you that like you're experiencing this, these objects that are there? Like when we talk about it from this angle? I intellectually, sure. I get that. I get the concept, but I guess when I feel, I, I don't know if this makes sense, but like when I feel like I'm most like in the flow of life, I'm not sitting around thinking I'm the watcher of it. I am just in it. Yes. But when you, when you pause for a second, are you aware that you're, you're in life, but you're not of it? Like meaning that you're, you're engaged in that flow, but you're very clear that you're not the objects of consciousness either. Well, like, can you explain the objects of consciousness again? Like, yeah, I think people get lost in that. Objects of consciousness are anything that can arise in consciousness. So that's the thought. When you have thoughts, that's an object of consciousness. So let me give you like a, an example. When I, well, so isn't like a car. A car is an object of consciousness. So it wasn't so rain. It's a thi- but I'm even thinking of like, okay, so I feel very, I was like, yesterday was a great example. I was like super in flow. Felt like I was really in flow. Sitting outside, I was working. It was beautiful out. Dogs are running around. Yeah. I'm cranking through emails. And I'm just like fully present. I was, I felt full of life and joy and enthusiasm yeah. and all that stuff. But I wasn't sitting there thinking, I'm watching myself be in flow. No, you, and when you, and that's exactly right. When you're in the flow state, you're not thinking about being in the flow state. That's you listening to mind. When okay. you're, so that's why I said it can never be intellectually summarized. So if you're using your mind to explain what you're doing, you're actually in mind. But when, you said to, that you're, do you see that I'm, you're, what's the, in that scenario, what's the object of consciousness? So it's, remember, it's, it's, an, it's a knowing. It's like an awareness that you're just aware that you're watching all of these things unfold and you can be directly in that flow. Okay. But you're not thinking like, I'm aware that I'm aware. Like no. you're just, you're just aware. But then, but you were talking about objects of consciousness. So in the scenario that I just gave you from yesterday, what is considered the object of consciousness? It's not a car. I wasn't in a car. Well, your so laptop, like, your thoughts, any, anything that okay. you're ever doing. And remember consciousness, all those things arise within a field, right? They arise within something. And that field is just consciousness, which is what they're rising within you so you can experience it. So that could be, again, emotions, thoughts, that could be emails that you're writing that could be the fire that you have it could be a glass of wine it could be coffee it could be tea those are all things that you're experiencing doing but they're all objects of consciousness and so what the thing is what you're doing in that flow state you're not attached you're not attached or velcro to those objects you don't think you're those objects no but i guess i never do well you're you, well when people well when people are addicted to their thoughts they think they're their thoughts when you yeah, get I mean, lost. I never think I'm an object, but maybe no, yes, but it's thought. thoughts, like, sure, sure, or, or an emotion. Or, or when you become an emotion and yeah. you you express yourself from that emotion, you you become it. Right. So it's not really a physical object. Like most people don't, they're not sitting around thinking they're the coffee. No, I'm just you yeah. asked to explain like yeah. what objects of consciousness are. There anything that arises within consciousness? And, Mostly and, a thought or an emotion. Yeah. Or I mean, an idea. Yes. Self concept yes. or something. Those are things that arise yeah. within it. And as they arise within it, you just, again, that's why it's the, in, on the inner world experience side, right? Those are all, the outer world is all objects of consciousness, right? The 200% life, right? The 100% outer world is all objects of consciousness. The 100% inner world is all, there's objects of consciousness and then there's consciousness, mm-hmm. right? Which is you aware of that you have thought. Just like I always see, and in, in the way I think about this is a thought is the same thing as a car. Like it's just, it's just an object that's there. And it's so clear that it's just, to me, it looks like a car. You just seeing it physically, I just right, see it Right, and you're like, inside. of course I would never be a car. 
Exactly. You're like, of course, course, that would would never never be be my thought. thought. Yeah. And so it's just like, or the motion is the same thing as a house to me, like the way I see them. Right, right. I'm... I, I don't necessarily quite see them as the same yet in yeah. where I'm at. So that makes more sense. Yeah. So it's yeah. just when you use that object of consciousness, yeah. it's just anything that arises okay. in there. One's inwardly, one's outwardly. outwardly right, right. Okay. But, and so the key is that you just don't attach yourself to any of those things. Because right. you don't, but there's some people that attach themselves to their cars or they attach themselves to their house. Well, really they're attaching themselves to the identity that they've created sure. from those objects, yeah. which isn't yeah. a little bit more layered. But. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, you can get into the, the key is so when, you, when you're the watcher, you just, you just, it's an awareness that you're aware. Again, this is where the three aware is that you're yeah. aware. And that's really where it comes that in. Who you are is not the thing. It's not the thought. It's not the emotion. It's not any of that. You are the one who is experiencing all of those things. Yeah. And what will happen is as the experience comes in, you go, I don't like the way this feels. However, when you can stay in that experience or the watcher, you can experience it. And within moments, I'm serious, it's not long. Within, I say moments, like it could be an hour, it could be a day if it's a big thing. It could be a, a second. They just, just, they just go away. And that thing's gone forever. And the next one's going to come up, but they're just gone. That's why the whole point of, of sitting in the, as the watcher or the seat of self is to allow yourself to cleanse itself from anything you've stored and to allow life to move in. We actually, there's a really good question um, actually probably goes well with this the question was was lately i shifted from to not just feeling the energy not labeling it which helps and it feels like boundary between me and infinite gets softer less rigid the energy almost permeates outside uh permeates out instead of flowing up through the chakras not sure if that makes any sense but hoping you have some idea of what what i mean is that right and really so what that's saying is that um when you have stored some scars or stored energy, they get released through chakras and they get released as they've, and you do the, that's a really deep question, right? So you do the deep work, you start releasing these things. When something shows up, you feel it towards your gut and starts to move and you allow it to work its way through you. When you actually start bringing that into the new moment that you're about to meet, that energy that you're meeting the moment of, it feels like a cloud moving through you. So it's actually the energy of the moment is not getting stored within you. It's feeling it's moving its way through you. So it doesn't hit necessarily the chakra. It just moves through you like the experience that you're having. Does that make sense? And so it's really like the the moment of life that's happening, like again, what, like that flow that you were just talking about before, you're just experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it feels like a total whole body experience because it is. Because right. oh, yes. you're experiencing the whole moment. When, the, when there's releases of stored energy from previous experiences that you've had in your life or past lives that are coming up, those are what feels like they're being released because they were stored with pain, most likely, and so they're being released with pain. And so they take longer to get up and be pushed, and the Shakti, that energy flow, is pushing it up all times. And so as that pushes that up, then it gets released through you know some level of chakra, depending on where it is, and it just gets released. And it's different for everybody. I've seen... You know, people have lots of energy movements of your body working its way out there to, you know, people throwing up, to people like feeling like they're going to gag, to all those things when they get really big things being released from there. And so, sorry, what was the point of the talking about the well, re- like, the releases is then you can be more in flow? No. So, the, well, the question was, is like, I, I'm, I'm now, right, it's lately I've shifted focus to just feeling the energy not labeling it which helps and it feels like the boundary between me and infinite gets softer or less rigid the energy almost permeates out instead of flowing up through chakras right not sure if that makes sense so what is what she what they're saying is that when the energy that's stored gets released it flows upward Mm -hmm. when the energy of the moment hits you it 
kind of feels like a whole body experience. And so that's just the answer to that question. So when, again, when you're the witnessing, when you're witnessing life and you're experiencing life, you feel the totality of every moment, the vibration of the moment that's there in front of you work its way through you. But it doesn't work its way through you from a stored position. It's working way through you of you meeting the moment position. Just experiencing. Yes, and it's like life. it's like a if you know if a cloud is working its way through you, it doesn't hit one part of your body. It's just working its way through you, which is what hits your your energy field, and that's what you feel. Again, it comes the life happens and it comes in, and you experience the motion and experience the whole thing through your body. When you've stored something, it's sitting down there and then it has to be pushed up. Mm. And that's what's blocking your energy. And the energy is trying to push it up to relieve its blockages. So that's why it feels like it gets released through a chakra and it feels tighter. Because the, the, when you store it, it becomes a circle and it gets tighter and tighter and tighter into like a, think of like a knot, the tightest knot that you can get. So when it's unwinding, it's hard to unwind it and it can be painful because you're experiencing it again and it can take longer to work its way through you. Okay. That's Got really the, yeah. the thing there. So you'll you'll experience that as, as the watcher though. When you're in the moment, you're just experiencing it. You can feel things, right? That's why you can walk in the room, you can feel the energy. You can because you're much more refined for everything. I actually had somebody um yesterday, actually on our Project Do Unbound call, they they uh individual said, uh, I think it was there, or they said it on a call with me um individually where they just feel energy for the first time differently from everybody. And I go, yeah, absolutely. You know, this person started TM. And I said, you're, you're, you're really experiencing the finer moments of life. And really what they're doing is you're experiencing life from you not watching your hand the entire time. If your entire life, you just sat there and looked at your hand and all of a sudden you started looking away from your hand, you're going to experience something totally different. It's always been there. Mm-hmm. And that's part of knowing thyself, right? That's also part of being the watcher is you're no longer watching one thing of object of, you're no longer watching thoughts, right? Or watching emotions. You're now, or becoming them. You're now just experiencing them, watching them so that you can to enjoy the entire moment of life. Okay, cool. So we went through embrace the middle way, know thyself. You are the watcher. We've got four more principal truths of life to cover, which we will do on the next few episodes. Awesome. Hey everybody, before you go, Helen and I wanted to ask you for a favor. As business owners, you understand that reviews and testimonials are an essential part of growing your business and reaching new audiences. Well, from two business owners to another, we would be incredibly grateful if you could support us by leaving a review. It does really help us get the podcast in the hands of other conscious business owners. So thank you. Thank you.